me on this week's episode is my former co-host at one time over at the sideline review when it was on espn 107 in dothan which doesn't exist anymore but uh jeremy rains is on the other side of the microphone uh joining me this week jeremy how's it going it's hot right now man waiting on the fall it's uh i thought the the further that i got away from the beach the the cooler it would get but i think i'm getting closer to the sun yeah how, how's that birmingham area because you know used to when you were on there with me you were dothan resident like i am i'm still down here in dothan but uh how, how's uh northern alabama <laughs> central at least anyway uh it is uh not too bad i enjoy it there's a lot going on a lot of good uh as you know a lot of good football i live about mm, three miles maybe from thompson high school which everybody knows is where i'm not going to try to murder his name but Tua went the alabama quarterback <laughs> and his, his little brother's at now and uh and then in the other direction i'm about four miles from hoover high school so everybody knows who hoover is and uh they showed thompson who they were last weekend but yeah, I enjoy it up here. There's a lot going on, a lot of a lot of um, good things going on. Not just sports, but uh, always something to do here, and um, I, I enjoy it. It's not home, but uh, it's definitely got a lot more going on than what I was used to in Dothan. Unfortunately, there's just so many people in such a big area here. It's, it's hard to not have something going on all the time. But I actually officially went to the tag office today after. Um, maybe or maybe not realizing that my tag had expired <laughs> and uh finally finally got rid of the old 38 tag and picked up a, a 58 tag for shelby county so but uh everything's going good settled into my new job and been doing some freelancing with the paper here and trying to trying to get uh i guess you could say nestled in and settled in I hear, yeah, uh, I saw that you put it on your Facebook page today about uh, changing the number there. Uh, so uh, you're officially official now up there in uh, that area. But, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, me and you ran each other. We was at the Troy game, you know, doing I'm attempting to do photography. You are a photographer. Um, just Something to, like that. You know, when you were always on the other show to sideline you as a co-host. We never really kind of got into, you know, this is part right interview you and uh something i guess i'm good at i don't know if people say i'm good at an interview <laughs> thing uh but you know just kind of backtrack a little bit how did you get in photography uh just picked it up and i uh, was really good at it. no i um when i was younger i just you know doing more of the artsy stuff i had a point and shoot camera for those of you that are kind of familiar with cameras that's basically the ones that don't have the the detachable lenses but i i kind of got into that for a while i remember having a few different digital cameras when i was in high school and never really got serious about it until 2015 i bought my first dslr with detachable lenses and it has grown from there for me i just uh got a little better each day and put a lot of time into it a lot of effort a lot of passion and um and still still got a long way to go but i've, I've officially got my llc started uh, a couple months ago so just trying to get established and trying to figure out what i want to do i don't i don't know how much sports i want to do but i've been really enjoying um i live in helena for those that are familiar with the area it's between pelham and alabaster and I've been shooting a lot of high school games for the for the local paper here for for a few weeks, and um, it's been really fun watching 
because for the longest time, I, I shot a few a few games for the Death and Eagle when I was there in, in town, and and really that just started last year. I hadn't done it prior to that, and before last year, I didn't really go to many high school football games. I'd kind of lost interest, and I just had too many other uh, bad things to get involved in, I guess, on Friday night, and um, <laughs> uh, and just, or, or nothing high school was anyway. I just didn't have any interest in it, and of course, I don't know too many people that you know, uh, I guess religiously go to Cottonwood games unless you live in Cottonwood. And since I wasn't living in Cottonwood, it was kind of hard for me to drive 30 minutes to go to games. So I didn't really have any interest in it unless it was Cottonwood and I was too far away. But this year uh, I've, I've been to a game every Friday night. So it's been, it's been fun. It's really been fun to get back, especially some of the bigger schools. Helena's a six, a school. So they're only about um, four or five years old. So they're a fairly new school, not too, not too good on the football end right now. They've had some pretty rough seasons, but they're uh, they've hired a new coach this year, so trying to make something of it. But it's uh, it's fun to to get back into the the pageantry of it all, especially the larger schools. They have some really good bands, so that's always a treat at halftime too. Yeah, you know, I actually hate to admit this because I have not been to a high school football game all season yet, and you know, I was so used to last two seasons calling games over at. ESPN Dothan, uh, but uh, yeah, without that, I have not been to any. I need to get out and get to some because it's a lot of fun. That the high school football atmosphere, uh, you go to the right, you know, stadium, right school. It's, it's really can be fun, you know, a good atmosphere, kind of like college football that has that certain kind of atmosphere as well. So uh, yeah, so six a ball is a lot different than what we're used to. Now I'm yeah. not, I'm not take, trying to do take a shot at our alma mater down in Cottonwood. I am not trying to take a shot here. But, you know, when you go watch 6A, 7A ball, and then you try to go back and watch 2A football, it is a big difference in, I'm not going to say quality of play, but the maybe the level of play. So uh, it is a difference. It's faster. It's, you know, these are guys, more of these people, kids, are going to go on to college and play than you would see at 2A level. Like I said, not trying to anger our fellow Cottonwood people, but uh, it's just kind of something my my take on kind of going from watching two A a lot two A football and going and watching six uh, A and seven A ball. Yeah, it was uh, it was really weird. I actually shot uh, the first first week. I shot Montevallo versus uh, I can't remember. It was a well Marlboro is a team down in Chilton County, and it was really weird because no, I think they were Tonka County, but it's really weird because that was a four A game and. You know, it just seems so small, but it, whenever we were growing up, 4A was big ball, you know, that mm-hmm. was Ashford, and they were a lot bigger than us, but um, then last week I actually shot, or two weeks ago, I shot a, um, a 5A game, and, you know, that was Rehoboth, that was always really big to us, but they were they were a smaller country school, but it was still a very, a very, um, very big compared to Cottonwood, but it was, uh, it's always, it, it is really weird watching 6A schools, because there's, I mean, hardly hardly anywhere to park really <laughs> you gotta walk a mile to get to the stadium i know i know we used to walk a pretty good ways to get to the Conway games but it really is there's just so many folks and he kind of put it in perspective uh, what how big helena is like i said they're only a 4a school but they actually branched off from a they, they branched off from pelham who was 6a as well and i think pelham pelham was a 6a school right alongside uh hoover alabasters or thompson uh, Dothan High, Northview, all those schools. But then when they made the new 
classification, I believe Pelham probably, I think they stay at 6A, and um, and the, the Bears just won, by the way. It's officially official. But the uh, I think when they branched off, they, they remained 6A. They, they basically made two 6A schools, uh, like the kids – the kids that were going to Pelham now go to Helena, so that's how how big of an area. There's only about seventeen, eighteen thousand people in this town. It's really not huge. I mean, it reminds me of uh, maybe like an Andalusia somewhere like that. But there's only about seventeen thousand people. But there there's so many people. I guess in one area they're able to, to you know have a big school and literally you know three towns are right beside each other. I guess four if you count Hoover. But you got Hoover seven A. And then you, you come over a little bit, you've got Pelham's a 6A, and then you've got Helena's a 6A, and then Thompson's a 7A. So it's, it's crazy how, how small of an area, but yeah, how, I guess, how many people are within the area. It, it makes up those larger schools, but it's just really weird to me, you know, coming from an area where four and five A schools, and then you have a few Dothan High, Northviews, Enterprises, uh, even you follow out things. 5A school, so it's it's weird coming from an area where 2 and 3A is the norm to, uh, you know, 6A is kind of normal here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can only imagine, and you know, you know, kind of change gears and get into the football conversation, college football. You know, back when we were doing the sideline review, I guess it was the first half of the year when you were co-hosting with me, and uh, we did seem to talk a lot about Troy Athletics, you know, in general, uh Troy football and what Neil Brown is doing there. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, like I said, we were both on the sidelines for the Troy boys game. And I went in that game thinking, okay, Troy wins this game. This is set up a good year for them. Well, that, that was pretty ugly. I think our favorite part of covering that game was the ice cream at halftime in the uh, <laughs> media room. But uh, so coming out of that. Delicious. Was, it's always delicious. It was pretty good. <laughs> it, it, hey, that was my first trip into the media room uh, that was my first time c- covering a college football game you'd been there before uh, i followed you around you kind of showed me how everything went down up there in the media room so uh, that was that was a lot of fun uh but sadly enough sadly enough my favorite part about the halftime was that two-hour-old food that had been sitting there uh, i guess <laughs> probably at that time it was probably about three hours old because they had it two hours before the game started yeah, and I think that first half was it took a while which that's because Boise was just throwing it all over the place on Troy so I kind of came out and I said, well, I don't know about Troy. And then, you know, of course, I know with uh, Florida A&M, they took care of business, did what they're supposed to do. But still, I'm kind of, okay, they're going to Nebraska. If this was last season's Troy team, I'm like, okay, they're going to win this game. They're better than this team. They can beat this team. I just like to do it against LSU. Uh, surprising me, uh, Troy did by beating Nebraska 24-19. to A lot of guys really chipped in there. Just, as you know, People act surprised every time Troy does this, but you know, for you and me and people down in this area, we're not really surprised what Neil Brown can do and the fact that he's able to upset the big schools when they go on the road. Because Troy has always been that way, even under Larry Blakeney, they are not afraid to go to somebody else's house and they do it again. And Nebraska's now zero and two, and Scott Frost is kind of doing the reverse of what he did in his final year at Central Florida. Yeah, not having the the uh, the ideal year that I guess he would want to start with, but. Yeah, it happens. Um, obviously not the way that they wanted to start losing to a, a team that they, they believe that they should have handled pretty easily. But, um, yeah, Troy is a, you know, they might not necessarily get the, the same caliber of recruits as some of the larger D1 schools. But um, one thing that Troy is is they're very, 
it seems like they're they're very comfortable playing with each other. They have a lot of a lot of returning guys this year that have played together for a while, and uh, the defense looks as good as it did last year to me. They look they've been they've been very greedy, with the exception of the Boise game, which with the Boise game, I think there there uh, quite a few issues with some penalties and, and costly mistakes. But it's kind of I think they had four fumbles in the game. It's kind of hard to fumble the ball four times and beat anybody. But um, especially when a couple, I think, were were capitalized on. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, that was a that was the first game of the year. Uh, a lot of a lot of things to work out. I think they have they have a new offensive coordinator. They have a brand new quarterback versus a quarterback that I believe is pretty seasoned. So it was a it was a trying game. But you know, when last year against. The- Pretty good, so um, you know, just got to handle business from here on out. They've got a they've got a pretty tough game at the end of the year with uh, with uh, Appalachian State, but mm-hmm. and I think they got a pretty good schedule, especially getting by Nebraska. I think they've got a pretty pretty good slate now that they can work with. And Caleb Barker seems to be getting better every week, so I think uh, I think they'll 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 be pretty good. Uh, If these get another uh, another one or two all season this year, that might not that might not be a good a good ending for the for the Trojans. They may they may lose a coach. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they'll lose any to me on SEC. You know, you're talking about Nebraska. Now, I don't know if you know this, Jeremy, but for me doing this every week, covering SEC, watching SEC, trying to cover SEC for the last couple of years, everybody's saying the Big Ten is right there with the SEC. I think the Big Ten lost seven non conference games. This past weekend, uh, the ACC was thought to be. I mean, they, that's you take Clemson out of ACC. What do you have? I mean, the Sun Belt could beat on these teams, and then so SEC to me is still the best conference in college football. It is, and uh, God, but we had a big matchup Saturday, and that was LSU and Auburn. And look, I cover Auburn Tigers. I, I'll admit here, I never did this on the sideline review. I mean, I'm an Auburn fan. Uh, I was disappointed. Saturday, but then again, I look at it and like we have seen this movie before. Gus Malzahn gets a big lead on somebody, can't put the foot on the throat. I was not surprised what happened on Saturday, and with a team as talented as Auburn is, if you're an Auburn fan and you are not surprised by that loss, there's something wrong there, I think. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty hard to watch. You know, it's kind of Kind of seemed a lot like last year, uh, mm-hmm. a, a few games last year where you where you got what you think is a pretty good chance, and then um, like you said, it seems like you you take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit, and uh, and, re- and really blow a blow a chance that could be. I mean, I think LSU is probably going to be a little bit better than people think they are. Burroughs looked pretty decent through the year, and that's really what what LSU has been missing for a while is a not not a necessarily a good quarterback, but even a decent quarterback. Uh, they've a competent you know, quarterback. With the exception, yeah, someone that can actually at least run an offense. I mean, who was the last decent quarterback that had the tall white kid? What was that boy's name? Oh, uh, Mettenberger. Yeah, he was the last yeah, one. Man. The problem with Les Miles was this to me, anyways. He kept bringing in like a uh, Brandon Harris or you know Jordan Jefferson. Brandon, the, right. These dual, mobile, dual threat kind of quarterbacks. But he was putting them in a pro-style offense. He wasn't letting them use their 
athletic ability as runners. So it's kind of like the opposite of what Gus Malzahn does. <laughs> he, he brings in a well. This year he brought in a, a pro style quarterback and tries to. Well, I guess they're kind of balanced, but uh, for the most part, it's it's more of a, a, a run, more run heavy spread you out kind of offense versus. I don't know if it's the ideal type of uh, offense that that you would see a Jared Stidham running at any other university, but yeah, I understand what you're getting at with Les Miles. Yeah, and you talk about Stidham. It's frustrating watching Auburn. You do have a quarterback that projected is going to be a first round draft pick. I think I remember Sports Illustrated put out their own mock draft for the season. Actually, had him as their first quarterback. They would take off the board if the draft was happening right now, not you know. But of course, you know that's later in 2019. But anyway, so I'm like, okay, you got this quarterback, but what you gonna do with him? It's still the same offense. And, you know, we we got given, you know, this whole thing. He's going to have more control of the offense. I haven't seen that. Through three games, I have not seen Jarrett Stidham really having more control of the offense at line of scrimmage. It looks like the same stuff to me. And it's still a struggle with Auburn is the p- passing concepts to me. It just doesn't look like they really try anything over the middle a lot. It's either – Really short little screen pass that line of scrimmage, or we're just going to go for it all and go deep. It's you know it's all or nothing top passing plays, and that makes me worry about how they're using Jarrett Stidham. And at the end of the day, Auburn's going to waste a pretty elite quarterback talent that they have right now in their hands. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, it, it's still to me, there still seems to be a lot of um, I don't know. Of a familiar to me a couple of years ago when when plays seemed to kind of slowly progress some and they're like the play that where they ran on fourth down when it was like a slow handoff to Whitlow instead of when they instead of going for the field goal mm-hmm. I mean I feel like anybody could have read that play because it was so slowly progressing it was just a a straight handoff around the corner and it just uh, you know things like that but he, he there were moments where he looked really good on Saturday though mm-hmm. and then there were just in that first play of the game, uh, I think it was the first play whenever he third, no, it was the first drive at least, you know, throwing the pick that ended up turning into six points, things like that. But I don't know. It's he seems to be hit or miss this year. Last year, I think he and and it may just be you know trying to learn because he's got a pretty young offensive line, doesn't he? So you know, yeah. just trying to just trying to learn with those guys and build from you know off what he had last year. He was very efficient last year, and I and I also think Auburn's trying to do a lot more this year. Uh, it looks like they threw to Chandler Cox quite a few times on Saturday, or a lot more than they. It seems like they did last year. Hey, so, as long as he's they, not playing quarterback, as long as they're not having him back to throw the ball, I'm happy with whatever they can do with Chandler Cox. <laughs> and then they, all, yeah, exactly. And then they also use Jalen Harris, I think, a time or two on Saturday. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just trying new things. I think there's just going to be some adjustments. Hey, I, I expect Norbert to lose the game this year. I didn't necessarily think he'd be against LSU. But I do think LSU is a uh, is a lot better of a team than they were last year. So um, I'm I'm really I think LSU plays Georgia this year, and I also mm-hmm. think they play Alabama Alabama both on the road. I'm really interested. I, I really I, I'm more interested. It seems like the Alabama LSU game is always a good game, but I'm really interested in seeing the LSU Georgia game because I really think that's going to be a really good game too. So to me, if LSU gives Alabama and Georgia a game, I'm not about a loss that Auburn took. I'm upset that Auburn took a loss that they probably shouldn't have because uh, maybe maybe questionable calls at the end and uh, you know decisions like 
like uh, you know, not going for a field goal, which is kind of scary that we don't trust our our, uh, our kicker inside the 20-yard line. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, maybe I, I hope they grow from it. You know, it's it's almost, I guess it's almost the saving effect. It's hard to... Uh, it's hard to to accept losing a single game. It's it's pretty pretty wild to that we're at that point where we uh, we expect to win every single game. But that's that's what good teams do, I guess. Yeah, and you know, for Auburn, I look at it this way: they needed to win this game. For one, it was at home with all the tough yeah. road matches matchups they have this season. I mean, look at it. I mean, they have to go to Mississippi State in a few weeks. I mean, you got Arkansas yeah. and Southern Miss That's, next that, that game worries me, too. I mean, just, this, the you know, much less the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. You know, Mississippi State really scares me. And now look at Texas A&M. I mean, that, That's another does it get one. any harder than the SEC West this year? I mean, I know we always say that, but it really is, like, really good this year. I and mean, at I, least at least really competitive anyway. And I'll say this, and I know Alabama beat them 62-7 to this past Saturday, but Auburn does have to go to Ole Miss, and I still am going to hold on to what I said preseason. Ole Miss is going to beat somebody they're not supposed to because that offense is just going to have one of those days against somebody where they're just hot. And to me, Auburn kind of showed where I thought their weakness on defense would be this season, and that's in the secondary. Look, you lost Carlton Davis, Stephen Roberts, and Trey Matthews from the secondary last season. All, all leaders, yeah. and Season leaders. If that defensive front can't get pressure on the quarterback, which a lot of times on third down, they were not able to get to Burrow and dominate like they did against Washington. The secondary had issues. So that is my worry there. And with Ole Miss, you have those three receivers, you know, A.J. Brown being one of them who could be the best receiver coming out and going into the draft. Jordan Tiamu, the un- the forgotten SEC Hawaiian quarterback. I'm just saying, Ole Miss could be dangerous. And then, of course, you got Georgia and Alabama on the road at the end of the year. So I really felt Auburn just somehow need to find a way to be undefeated going into Georgia. Then you can say, okay, we can lose one of these two games and perhaps yeah. get into the college football playoff. Then looking at our schedule, we play playing SEC now. I mean, Auburn's are back are against the wall. I mean, it's not over. I mean, I think a lot of – I'm going to steal a quote by Aaron Rodgers here. They need to R-E-L-A-X. Relax. There is yeah, a- that's, that's what makes it hard this year is that you have such a young secondary. It really, everything that they're going to experience, they're going to experience for the first time. Like, they're you know, they're going to experience the uh, – <laughs> The stress and emotion of playing in Sanford Stadium and in Brandon. I mean, that's, that's hard to do for, for a season bet, much less somebody that doesn't have much experience. So that's what worries me is, uh, is just a learning curve, I think, I guess you could say. But also, like with, you know, going back to like with Ole Miss, you know, you've got a team in Alabama that is going to score. Like, that's, it's, it's not, I think you're going to have to score 24 points, everybody. Maybe more to beat Alabama. What are they averaging right now? Which I mean, some of the teams we see, you know, kind of the caliber, like with Louisville, after you know them having a pretty pathetic game <laughs> to me last Saturday. But you know, they're averaging what 50, 60 points a game, it seems. So you know, that's yeah. a team that's going to score. They don't have to worry about, it. and their defense is going to be good enough to to hold them in. I don't, I don't worry as much about Auburn's defense outside of the secondary and, and more so not, not necessarily talent because they've got talent. I think it's more growing past the penalties. The penalties have been pretty painful. So I think, um, I think more so than anything, I'm more worried about the offense really. Cause I think that, I think Kevin still will have the defense. Okay. To at least 
keep Auburn in games, and uh, that front seven is going to be uh, you know pretty pretty stout. But either way you look at them, I mean they're going to they're going to pressure every week. But it's just that it seems to be the the same trend. That red zone offense is kind of kind of mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, it is. And final running game, you got Jartavius Whitlow, who I think is the top back, but Gus Malzahn seems hesitant to just go ahead and just to say, okay, Whitlow, you're the guy. Uh, I like Sean Shivers, what he's able to do. We didn't really see a lot of Cam Martin at the running back position this past week. So that that's also another thing. And I guess if you're an SEC team, you want to get right after a bad week, you got Arkansas this week, the worst team in the conference. I mean, how do you lose 44-17 to to North Texas? And you lost the week before that to Colorado State, who this past weekend got beat 48-10 to by Florida. So... Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think Arkansas is going to win another game. I mean, they may I, win one. I don't have their schedule in front of me, so I don't know who else they have out of conference. But they're not. Well, you going. already know they got to play the whole SEC West. So. Yeah, this is their <laughs> SEC opener, so they already have two losses. Uh, they were bad last season under Brett Bielema, but man, I'm telling you, they look like they're going to be even worse. I mean, I know it's a whole philosophy change for Arkansas right now. Brett Bielema was yeah, he, you know ground and pound. Yeah, I mean, Chad Morse is a Gus Malzahn disciple. I mean, he his offense is very similar to what Gus Malzahn runs. You know, last year, I guess they figured we can't get Gus Malzahn, we'll get somebody close to him uh, that runs his offense that way. But, I mean, when you have a six foot eight, 250-pound quarterback trying to run a spread offense, that, that usually is not going to work, which they are changing quarterbacks this week against Auburn. So, uh, Auburn gets to see uh, – I think it's Ty Story uh, is his name. So that would be, be, be good for Auburn this, to kind of fix some things. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I really feel bad for Arkansas fans. I've, I've never necessarily hated hated Arkansas too much. I hated on them uh, because in, in my lifetime, you know, outside the the earlier years with the with the two running backs they had, they, they weren't too much of a threat to Auburn in recent years. But uh, this – just to kind of paint a picture, uh, kind of what Arkansas has got left to go through this year. Uh, and like I said, I've, I've never had much hate for them, and I really feel bad for them this year because I at least – I never want an SEC team to do really terrible. Except Alabama, of course. I don't, yeah, yeah, of course. I don't necessarily <laughs> want them to, to win uh, to win the West every year, but I would at least like it to be com- competitive so it you know makes the rest of the league look good. But this is what um, this is what Arkansas has left. Okay, for starters, they have to go to Auburn at night <laughs> this Saturday. Good luck. Right, then, the, then the very next week they play uh, Texas A&M at home. No, excuse me, they play AT and T Stadium. So they got to go. They got to go to basically a for Texas A&M. All right, and then uh, then the very next week you got to go to you play Alabama at home. So you got Auburn, Texas A&M, Alabama three straight weeks in a row. Then you get you get a little bit of a break when you go to uh, or when you have uh, they're playing at the I guess it's the the Little Rock Stadium that's a strange stadium but they play Ole Miss there so that's not going to be an easy game because because Ole Miss like you said they're by that point they're probably going to be a, a little bit better than they are now and then they get a little bit of a break with Tulsa which I don't think is going to be a break for a team like Arkansas this year um, and then you're right back at it with Vanderbilt <laughs> you got Vanderbilt at home. Who yeah, almost was, beat Notre Dame Saturday? They, I mean, they should have beat Notre Dame. Lost twenty two seventeen. So yeah, exactly. I mean, this isn't your normal Vandy. 
So, so as if Auburn, Texas, and Alabama and Ole Miss wasn't hard enough for you, then you got to go play Vanderbilt, LSU, Mississippi State, and then you're probably going to get picked apart by Missouri. So to end the season, so um, they may go one and eleven. There's there's a good chance they're losing six, if not seven, more games. Good. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. Yikes. Their record was three and nine, four and eight last season. In the final year of Brett Bielema, so it's. I mean, sometimes yeah. things have to get worse before they get better. <laughs> well, I mean, it looks like Arkansas fans need to uh, adapt to that philosophy, I guess, because it is definitely going to get worse there than before it gets better. Uh, you know, yeah, so were, they're they're already ready for basketball season. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> they've already started yet. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, there can't be like uh, the bills of Vontae Davis and quit at halftime, uh, retire at halftime. But yeah. uh, we're talking about teams that are bad, and we talked about this, you know, off the air before we start recording. Man, I tell you, Florida State, I, I like Willie Taggart. I thought, okay, this is a good hire. I mean, after Jimbo Fisher, you bring somebody, he's different. It's going to be a different offense, up tempo, spread. Man, it's just, it's just bad right now, Florida State. This is the worst ever seen in Tallahassee I mean I'm I'm on Twitter a lot especially on Saturdays during the season I see a lot of Florida State fans already wanting to get rid of Willie Taggart I don't think that's a wise move but you know if this don't get better I mean could we see a one and done there in Tallahassee because I mean it's it's ugly there it's, it's embarrassingly bad it, it is Arkansas bad I don't uh, I mean pretty close anyway I don't think maybe it's as bad but yeah, the only the good thing that that FSU has going for them is that they don't play in the SEC West, like Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, Florida Florida State's got a little bit of leniency as when it comes to their schedule. I don't know if that's going to mean much whenever you you know you're letting Sanford putting up the kind of numbers that they're putting on you, but you're still going against uh, you know. Let me look at their schedule, but they've got. I'm assuming they're probably going to play Miami this year. Uh, let's see, they've got. Uh, Louisville, they've got Wake Forest will probably beat them. But they've got Clemson and Miami and NC State. So, ugh. but they at least have Wake Forest in there, which pro- will probably still beat them. And uh, Northern Illinois or NIE or is it Northern Illinois? Yeah, and, and whoever, whatever Northern Illinois is. But they still got to play Florida, Notre Dame, <laughs> Boston College, who's number twenty-three now. Oh Lord, it's not looking very good for them either. Look, they only scored like once against Syracuse. Check this out. You know how many points Syracuse gave up to Western Michigan? Forty-two. They still won. They won fifty-five to forty-two. Uh, I'm pulling up the team stats here. Here's how many total yards Western Michigan had against Syracuse in the opener: six hundred and twenty-one yards they put up against Syracuse. But uh, Syracuse looked Hawaii like Hawaii numbers. Yeah, but Syracuse looked like the '85 Chicago Bears on defense against Florida <laughs> State. Florida State's total yards was 240, 178 yards passing, uh, 62 yards rushing, 2.7 yards per, per rush. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's bad. It's bad Tallahassee right now, and I don't know. Maybe it's because, and you know, maybe I'm a little optimist here. Like I said, I like Willie Taggart. I mean, he's done well everywhere he's went. He would done well at Oregon. He always, you know, of course, only had that one year there. But uh, running a new offense, of course, everybody there 
under Jimbo, we used to run that pro style offense. Now you're going to, like I said, the spread. I don't know if that is. And I don't know if you saw this. I saw a video <laughs> clip from the game. Uh, you know, Francois was just getting destroyed the entire game. They were not protecting him at all. And uh, there was a time, I think it was in the fourth quarter, one of his offensive linemen reached his hand down to help him up. He just said no don't don't even touch me <laughs> he just got up on his own he said he just pretty much shrugged him off he, he said i mean you haven't protected me all day and now you want to help me up no 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 this is this is this is not gonna fly and uh i feel bad for him missed all last year but yeah i mean it, it's bad tallahassee i mean the state of florida right now in college football i mean the nfl is pretty good college is you know not that great i mean florida's two and one but you know you beat two teams you should beat and get beat by Kentucky. And then Miami is, you know, we saw them play LSU to open. I mean, Miami isn't great. So, uh, you know, for me, you know, you too, I mean, when we were growing up, that that was the state. The state of Florida was awesome in college football. Right now, it's average, mediocre. I mean, the best team in the state is Central Florida. Yeah, they're 2-0, which they had the game canceled Saturday against UNC, but we just saw a little bit there, but yeah, what's uh, what is Florida Atlantic? Well, they play them in a couple of weeks. What's what are they up to these days? Are they are they doing? Uh, let's say they got destroyed by Oklahoma, so they're they won. Uh, looks like they're two and one. They got they beat. Uh, I don't even know who that is, and then the Air Force. So yeah, that's sad. Is that crazy or what? You've got the three best teams in Florida: are Miami, Central Florida, and uh, and Florida. <laughs> what is going on? Where well. What about South Florida? Where are they up to these days? Um, let's see. Because uh, I think they were. I, I think they're having a pretty, pretty good start. Not necessarily. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if we can find their their schedule this year. Usually they have a pretty decent team, but that's the they're that's the American West too. Isn't that the same one that uh, the UFC UFC's in? Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, American Athletic Conference, which you know, Charlie Strong is their coach. I think he, he's a good coach. Just, you know, that Texas thing is just – I mean, Tom Herman's having issues there too. I mean, they whooped up on USC this past weekend, but, you know, they lost to Maryland to start the year uh, once again like that. <laughs> they've been accustomed to doing. Yeah, South Florida, they're 3-0 this year. They're uh, second in the American West, so I'm assuming that's behind UCF. So that's – um. Not too bad. That's that's really crazy that your best teams are teams that were getting destroyed by your other Florida teams a decade ago. Yeah, and you do have Florida Atlantic playing at Central Florida this Friday night on ESPN at 6 p.m. So uh, you will probably get a- The Lane Show. Yeah, I got controversial last year with some people. Uh, I said if Auburn was to get rid of Gus or let him go to Arkansas, they should hire Lane Kiffin. And, and Okay. And here's my thing on that. And as soon as I hear, I say that, I put it on social media, and I was kind of halfway joking about it, being sarcastic as I tend to do. So, so there's no way Auburn will hire a former Alabama assistant as head coach. I'm like, hello, did you not know Pat Dye was an assistant under Bear Bryant? Yeah. Did you not know that? Did you not know that? And they said, well, that's Pat Dye. I'm like, you didn't know Pat Dye was going to be Pat Dye when they hired him. And I have a whole other thing with Pat Dye. I'm not going to get into it because I'm, we all would like to get to sleep because we're recording this late on a Monday night. But uh, I'll save that yeah. for another podcast. But that's my issue with, with that. I'm a big Lane Kiffin guy. I like what he does. I think, you know, you need a guy that's different. Let's face it. Gus Malzahn is a good coach. So before everybody says, you hate Gus Malzahn, I don't dislike Gus Malzahn. I just think he's not worth $49 million. Uh, 
Lane Kiffin is a tremendous opposite for Nick Saban. He is not afraid to go after him on Twitter at all. Uh, so that's kind of like, that's why I like Lane. He's just different. He, he definitely likes to stir the pot. He definitely is a a league of his own. I guess you could say. He would give Feinbaum plenty to talk about every single day. So uh, he was I, on. Uh, I think he was on Feinbaum a couple. Uh, maybe it was last year. It might have been earlier this year, but I. I think it was like the first game last year, and he, I remember he, I think he called into the show, like on the sideline, or tweeted, tweeted the show, like the Fine Bomb show, like pregame on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I can see <laughs> it. About the game's about to start. He's tweeting Paul Fine Bomb. Oh, he is a he is a regular guest on a show I listen to every morning. I'm probably gonna get some heat for it, but I listen to Outkick the Covers with Clay Travis, and he is a regular uh, over there on that one. I think uh, he's Radio Gold myself. I think he's awesome. I do too, because he's gonna speak his mind. So uh, uh, he has come a long way. I think he's grown up a little bit. He still has that that bro mentality, I think, but he does it in the right way now. He's not used to be. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, I, I agree with you on that. Um, before we kind of transition real quickly, we're going to briefly, you know, kind of touch on the National Football League here. But uh, Alabama, is anybody going to beat them, man? I don't see anybody doing it. I, I just, the way that office is clicking right now with Tua, and I don't try to pronounce his last name either because I'll, I'll mess it up quickly. Uh, I don't even know if Georgia can do it in the SEC Championship game. I, Ohio State, no. Uh, you know, got a liar of a head coach up there in Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> I had to shoehorn that in that little criticism over Meyer. Uh, Clemson, I don't think offensively they're good enough. Defensively, yes. Offensively, no. Um, no yeah, one to Clemson back really impressed me. Impressed me a hundred percent this year because I, I think that uh, Texas A&M is a mm, pretty mediocre team, and for them to have that close of a game, I, I don't. I don't think that Clemson's in the same league as Alabama this year. I don't either. I think Clemson is just going to benefit from the fact is that the ACC is really down this season. Florida State's not as good. Miami's not as good. Louisville's not as good. So they should cakewalk through the conference so that they'll be in the playoff. Uh, because, oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's sure. their name with Dabo Sweeney. So I just I just don't see it. I don't see anybody beating Alabama. I mean – they're good, man. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine. I feel like this is a broken record every year. But um, when you have, you know, when you have a, a scoring machine, probably <laughs> at least in in recent years, the best quarterback they've had in a long time. Uh, and then on top of that, you add in a season veteran as a running back that is just, in my mind, of I mean, ridiculously good. Damian Harris is good, and you know. Then of course you've got the defense. I mean, there I think they've got some issues in their secondary as well. But uh, you really make up for it when you can score on every drive, and then you've got a defense that is still, for the most part, top top two in the country. So um, yeah, I don't see anybody beating them either. Uh, the only team that I would think would have a chance would would be probably Georgia. Uh, I'm really in, intrigued to see. I mean, you, the the Iron Bowl is always a toss up. You really don't know, but it seems like it favors us more when it's at Jordan Hare. But um, that that LSU game is in Tuscaloosa, I think, this year. Though I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I think it is. So it that'll be a good one though. I, that'll be the one that I keep my eye on because I don't know. Fromm's been 
He's been seems like he's been kind of hit or miss, and that, I, I think that they've still been yet to be tested too. Yeah, they have. I but, thought South Carolina was going to be the team to do it a couple weeks ago, uh, but uh, yeah, that was proven wrong quickly. Um, yeah, because well, of let's, their, let's let's not forget the LSU's played two top ten teams this year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, and beat them, and beat both of them. So good let's resume. not rule that. Let's let's not uh, let's not rule that out. Yeah, I mean, I, LSU might be a sleeper. Who thought that was coming? I didn't. I mean, I was former friend over there at head coach. I didn't. I didn't think they'd be doing uh, what they're doing. But you know, really, if you look at it right now in the SEC, who has the best resume? If it was a playoff situation, and that's LSU. I mean, Alabama really hasn't beat anybody any good. That's ranked. Uh, Georgia. We thought South Carolina was supposed to be something. They turned out to be nothing. Uh, but say it's good. You know, normal South Carolina probably eight and four. So LSU, Miami. I mean, that's on paper. They beat them. They beat Auburn, who beat Washington, who's a top 10 team. You know, let's not forget Auburn did that first game. So, yeah, LSU's got a good resume on their, up there on their mantle. And, uh, yeah, and I think Georgia has to go to Baton Rouge. So that probably, that'll be a big game. But, uh, that'll be a really big game. With Alabama, are you sure that the, the LSU games in, uh, in uh, Tuscaloosa this year? Some and Rouge. I think it's a night game too. So that that might it is. It's at LSU. It's at um. It doesn't say it says TBD, but it will be a night game for sure on CBS. No doubter. Oh uh, uh, yeah. That, that is a that is a really really uh. The LSU, uh looks like on here. That will be a really good game. Game undefeated. That's going to be a really good game, and and also a really surprising uh, matchup because I kind of thought that handling again this year. That always, but uh, I don't know. LSU might um might make some noise. We'll see. I mean, yeah. Let's get it on dog. Quarterback. They got yeah. <laughs> they got a decent quarterback, and you know that that the defense seems. Looked pretty good Saturday, picking Stidham off twice. I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Going to be a fun SEC West year. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, I guess before we got out of here, though, because uh, we're running at uh, forty-two minutes now. Uh, NFL, real quickly. I guess for me, and this is a stat I, I saw tweeted out, or retweeted by Ryan Rosillo of ESPN. NFL average quarterback passer rating on this weekend, week two, on Sunday, was 105.1. To really put that in context, Aaron Rodgers' career passer rating is 103.9. Quarterback play is on point right now in the National Football League. We're seeing Fitz Magic down in Tampa. Blake Bortles really put on a fantastic show against uh, the Patriots. Aaron Rodgers is playing well on one leg right now. Kirk Cousins, so many good quarterbacks on and on and on. Um, and what I like, Jeremy, this is my thing. I'm an NFL fan. I like the NFL. I like watching football Sundays. The last couple of years, though, it's been hard to because of all the negative opinions of the anthem stuff. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. I feel like we're past that. We're getting past that unless the president decides to tweet something. But uh, thank goodness we're getting past it too. Yeah, it's more. It's getting back to the, on the game, on the field, play with these games. And the NFL is fun again. It's you know 
The games are fun, what like they were a couple of years ago. So I'm just very happy with the level of play we're getting in NFL. And I'm one of these people who says, you know, I, I hear so many people get on to me said, you shouldn't watch the NFL or what, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of people, if you get on Twitter, they want to argue with the college football versus NFL thing. I'm like, who cares? Why can't we like them both? It's football. I mean, it's football. It's exactly. Football. Oh. That's my point. It's football. It's the greatest sport out there. And why can't we just enjoy both of them? And that's my big thing. I love them both. A lot of people do, but you do have those people. Like I said on Twitter, Saturday and Sundays, you'll have people say, college football is better than the NFL. NFL is better than college. Like you just said, great at point. Who cares? It's football. Exactly. It's it's the best time of the year, regardless of uh, your political views. I'm so happy it's here. It means cooler weather is on its way. What's, what's to not love about it? What's to I not love it. about it? It's, it's crazy whenever we, you know, I, I will say this. I feel blessed that we live in a country where, where our biggest issues, it seems, is whether or not someone should be kneeling for the national anthem. We're pretty, we're, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I spoke my piece on that during, you know, off season. And I'm, the, when the season kicks off, this is what this show is. It's talking about the games on the field and not what somebody is doing like that or, uh, that's not even in the league. I mean, who, why do we care about Colin Kaepernick still? He has not, exactly. he, this is his second year not in the National Football League. And I said this once, said it again. If he was good enough to get somebody to a Super Bowl, he would be on a roster. He would. He's not good enough to do that. Uh, he may be good enough to be a backup or a lower tier starter, but nobody wants that distraction from a guy that's not going to lead you to the Super Bowl. So I'm just, I'm tired of hearing about Colin Kaepernick, and I'm glad that story is going away. Uh, the ratings are up in the NFL. The ratings are coming back up. Uh, people are coming back to the game. So uh, yeah, it's looking good. We got our, we got our great college action on Saturday, and we got our great NFL action on Sunday. So you're right. It is the best time of the year. Cooler weather's coming. Fall is, on the way, so uh, no better time of the year. I am so excited because you know, as as you alluded to earlier, I live in Birmingham now, and now, as you know, we have our own football team coming to town. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. We hadn't even touched on that, but um, I believe Trent Richardson is going to be the running back, and I think they also have Blake Sims on their team for those Alabama fans. And then, of course, they signed uh, Brandon Silver. So I'm excited even for after football season because there will be a whole new season that rolls around. Yeah, uh, the week after the Super Bowl, the first game will be on CBS. So follow right there. I mean, if you miss a football, boom, you got it there. I just sound like John Madden going to boom. Uh, <laughs> he, he caught the pass there because it touched his hands and he didn't drop it. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, my, my poor uh, John Madden personation. I'm not. I'm no. I'm no Caliendo by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I will be looking into that. Uh, I don't want to. I guess I could say this. I will try to reach out to some people I know on Twitter that's playing in the league, hoping I might get somebody. I don't want to tell about who I'm going to try to get, but I'm just going to try that. I think I said that in a way without getting myself in trouble. Uh, who cares? It's a podcast. It, I can do it. It may or may not. It may or may not be the starting quarterback, huh? Hey, you said it, we'll not see. me. I didn't. I didn't we'll say see. that. We'll see. Tr. 
Yeah. I love that. I love it, man. I'm so excited for it. Uh, I think, what are there, six teams now, maybe, that they've there, gotten there, for that? It's, there's eight of them, and uh, all, all eight coaches have NFL coaching experience. Of course, you got Steve Spurrier going to coach the Orlando team. Um, that's uh, Rick Neuheisel's going to be a coach of one of the teams. Um, several guys out there. Brad Childers of Atlanta, his offense coordinator, is going to be Michael Vick. He's going to be the offense coordinator. Yeah, that, that's something awesome. I'm going to be interested in seeing because Michael Vick, he's never done that before. Um Interesting, a city that we've never really seen have much pro football, even like non-NFL leagues, is Salt Lake City in Utah. Uh, I'll be intrigued to see how you know they look. It really op- opens the door for a lot of, uh, a lot of new Really awesome. I was trying to find the um, – it looks like they've – this article was from – it looks like – uh, looks like August the sixth. At that point, uh, the Alliance of uh, American Football Teams signed their first fifteen players. But there are—I've been seeing quite a few Troy players get on that list. So yeah, that's great news for me, being a uh, being a big big Troy guy. So I'm excited and I'm ready to, to see what what that league's all about. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, too. I, I will be tuning in TV. I might have to make a trip up to Birmingham and uh, catch a game uh, during the daytime. I'm sorry, I don't trust Le- I don't trust Legion Field at night time. Sorry, just don't, ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a it is a, not a not a the type of place that I would probably want to hang out with on the, on the weekends. But do they have an official layout yet as far as what TV stations they'll be on and what what days the the games will be on? Do you know that? Uh, all I've seen. Still determined? Yeah, I'm, I've been seeing they say they got <laughs> some more announcements to make, but. I know what whoever is the first matchup they pick will be on CBS, the CBS. Then the rest of the season will be on the CBS Sports Network. And then the championship game will be on CBS the weekend of the NFL draft. But I also do believe I have seen uh, interviews with Charlie Ebersaw, who's running the league, that they will have streaming. You'll be able to stream the games online. So if you don't have like the CBS Sports Network, you'll still be able to watch the games online. So that's that's as much as I've seen on that uh, so far. That's awesome. I'm looking at um, I'm looking at some of the. I guess this is the board for the Alliance team, but they've got Troy Polamalu's involved with player player relations. Uh, Hines Ward's involved with player relations. Jared Allen is with the player relations. That's pretty cool that they're bringing in. They've got Justin Tuck. He's one of the board of advisors. So it's some big names there coming out of the NFL that are going to be uh, going to be uh, involved in this. I'm really excited about it. But we'll I am, see. I am too. Football. I am too because, like I said, I mean, I really, I, I, I've said this many times. I like the uh, the coaches uh, they have. I'm trying to pull that up right now, real quickly, before we uh, get on out of here. Uh, see, so keep people. Literally, Steve Spurrier is all you need to know. I mean, yeah, that, that that's a, <laughs> Steve Spurrier. You know they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place uh, <laughs> down in Orlando. Uh, he, I think he was trying to get Tebow to sign up, but Tebow said, "Ah, I have to pass on it this time." <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. Let's let's see. We talked about Atlanta, uh, Memphis. You got a, you got a team there in Memphis. Uh, they are going to be coached by Mike Singletary. 
Uh, he, he had some experience there coaching the 49ers at one time. Uh, let's see some other teams. You have the – we talked about Orlando with Spurrier. You got the Phoenix franchise, who is going to be coached by Rick Neuheisel. Man, that's going to be hot, too, at, toward the end of the year. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you get in or the middle, when you get in the spring – really get in springtime with the league, good gracious, that's going to be, uh, be a lot of fun with some folks. Uh, Salt Lake. Yeah, I guess it could be worse. It could be the summertime. Uh, Dennis Erickson, he's going to coach the uh, Salt Lake team. He has an NFL experience, and he coached Miami Hurricanes after Jimmy Johnson uh, in the early 90s. Uh, San Antonio, uh, glad to see San Antonio get a franchise. Uh, Mike Riley, who most recently coached Nebraska, coached Oregon State, spent some time with the then San Diego Chargers. And speaking of San Diego, that is a segue in the radio business, there will be a San Diego franchise. You know, the Chargers went to L.A. Uh, Mike Martz, who was the head coach of the Rams with Kurt Warner, went over the greatest show on turf. So interesting names there. The coaches, you got name coaches, so that'll help the league out. Uh, what kind of players they're going to have. And it'll be fun. It, it'll be fun to see that. And like I said, we'll get more football, which is never a bad thing. Yeah, and um, I think it'll it'll be some some good football from some ex- experienced players that you know some that didn't really make it deep in the league but still had a lot of success even the collegiate level. So either way, it'll be a um, it'll re- really be a fun. It's a lot better than the football that we do watch during that time, which is not a whole lot. Yeah, so, there you go. And and. Uh, and uh, and the the best part for me is you know Birmingham's kind of on the rise is trying to trying to become a better city and and uh, you know they're bringing in uh, you know they brought in a hockey team a couple of years ago then this year they're bringing in the football team and also a, a, a soccer team so well, I have one more sport left already got a semi pro baseball or a pro baseball team uh Dudley, so just need a basketball team we'll be all set I'll be I'll be I'll be full year round with sports yeah I mean yeah. Just go get that basketball team in there and uh Birmingham I have it all set then. Um I, think I won't that, feel I won't feel near as as, as uh, nervous leaving Bartow Arena as I would um rip I mean uh, my mind just went blank. The Legion Field. Yeah. I think that's a good I think that's a good stopping point for us, just you know, Legion Field. <laughs> that's a good stopping point <laughs> for this week's edition of the football report. Uh you mentioned we're fun. This was a lot of fun. Uh Get back on here with you, Jeremy. That was a lot of fun. Uh, brought back some memories of the old days of the sideline review, which I don't mention a lot on this show. Uh, but I, you know, you were on there. Oh, glory days! Oh yeah, when I was on the radio. <laughs> now I'm just a simple podcaster. But uh, anyways, uh, people out there want to check out your stuff. Where can they find you? Uh, probably the all the social media. More involved with Twitter these days. Uh, I think it's J Rain from AL. I think is my Twitter handle. Um, my Facebook, you can just search. Well, I have a personal Facebook, but I primarily, as far as what I do out in the community with uh, photography, I have a, a Facebook page. You can just JS Rain's Photography, or I think it's my personal one is uh, Facebook forward slash or dot com forward slash J Rain fifty. And then I finally got my website up and running, which is constantly under construction, trying to always add and take away. It is jsrainsphoto.com. So I've got plenty of stuff on there, and, and um, that's pretty much it for me. 